Welcome to sermons from First Alliance Church, equipping you to become a fully devoted and faithfully engaged disciple of Jesus. Here's today's message. All right. Good morning, everyone. It is a joy to be able to worship and serve together. It's also exciting to preach on Boxing Day. Um, just want to say welcome. My name is Tim Sridaren. For those who don't know me, I am one of the interim co-lead pastors here. And many people say Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. And I have to say, I love Christmas season. It's one of my, our favorite times in our home. I got a birthday. I got an anniversary around this season. It's a big party. My wife and I both have big families who we haven't really seen this year, and that's okay. We'll wait patiently for next Christmas. But it is a time where we have lots of family gatherings, lots of time with other people. And it's kind of ironic as we are moving into a series about praying and talking about pausing and being still that it comes right after Christmas. Because Christmas tends to be the time of the year where we are busy and it's so hard to slow down and reflect upon the birth of Jesus. So what we want to do as a church as we move into the new year is we want to focus upon prayer. We want to take the next three Sundays as well as our New Year's Eve series to focus upon praying. Let me just kick our slide off here. And there's a simple acronym that we have for prayer. Pause. Rejoice, ask, and yield. And we want to take one of these services of the next four services to focus upon this as we are called into prayer into the new year, seeking the Lord. So join with me today as we explore how pausing takes us into the heart of God through prayer. I just brought my phone up here. I'd love to see those at home uh, answer some questions I have for, a question I have for you in the chat box, and for the people who are here, feel free to just yell your answer out loud. And the question is simply this, when in life do we hit the pause button, or when in life do we slow down? So those at home can feel free to write their answer in the chat box. For the people here, feel free to just yell out loud in church. On vacation, yes. We hit the pause button, we go on vacation, we go somewhere warm for some of us. For some of us, we just don't check our email for a week. When else do we hit the pause button in life? When we're burnt out, yeah. Sometimes we have to come to that point where we just need to take a break and step back. When we're sick. Yeah. Pardon? When there's a death. Yeah. Someone online said every day. Good, good call. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, vacation. There's so many different ways. Yeah, when, I'm re- when I realize I'm going in circles, that is a good time to hit the pause button. I think for many, even this season right now, we've just come through Christmas, and some of us are just wondering, oh, we have to hit the pause button on what? Our finances, because we've probably overspent to provide for this season. And I just, I just want to share a word of encouragement for those who are under 18, Right now, you are the richest people on earth because your parents have pretty much spent everything and you have all the cash flow now. So if you want to be loving and kind to your parents, take them out for a meal, okay? And they have no money. Uh-huh. I, need, I, for myself, pausing, I think, the weekend, 
spending money, got to pause during Netflix to get my right snack, my bowl of uh, cinnamon toast crunch with the right amount of milk poured into it. There's all these different times that we pause. And so the importance of pausing is simply this. It allows us to reflect and see clearly. Because the pause is simply this, to acknowledge God, to understand ourselves, and see what he has called us to. When we pause, we, we acknowledge who God is, we understand ourselves better, and we see what he is calling us to. So before I read our text for today, which is Psalm 46, let me open us in a word of prayer. Father, as we come before you as the, as the year draws to an end, we just want to worship and thank you. We just want to take the next four services just to slow down, to pause, to grow deeper in our heart and passion for prayer. And we just pray, come Holy Spirit, help us to see Jesus, to glorify the Father, and just move into deeper and greater intimacy with the God of the universe, and to, to acknowledge you and glorify you, to better understand ourselves and see what you are calling us to. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Our reading for scripture today is from Psalm 46. If you are new here or you want to use one of those pew Bibles, you're on page 455. Psalm 46, verses 1 to 11. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The word of the Lord. The psalmist is working their way toward the climax there in verse 10. This whole notion of be still and know that I am God. As the psalmist works their way toward there, we have to begin by noting that the psalmist is living in tumultuous times. Let's look at God's word. Verse 2, the end of verse 2 and verse 3. Even in these times, even though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Look at the state of the world in verse 6. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. It's amazing to note, I read this psalm and I think to myself, is this really any different from our times today? We live with this 
Omicron variant, and even in Toronto's, our case counts hit record highs. In Ontario's, we hit record highs. It's not just that. Look across the globe. We can see political strife, nations rising and falling, conflicts between Hong Kong and China, Afghanistan. We see the challenges of all the displaced peoples throughout the world. We've seen the challenges that global challenges around racial injustice, the Me Too movement, and even around climate change. And I don't think the climate, the 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 context of the psalmist that they were writing in is much different from our world today. The psalmist was writing in tumultuous times, and we also live in tumultuous times. Even this distress and conflict that's experienced here—it's not only just on a global scale, but sometimes in our own life. You know, some of us right now are struggling with our own finances and wondering how we're just going to pay that line of credit or the bills uh, to cover our costs for Christmas. Others of us have just finished a really difficult semester at school. We're wondering, are we even going back to school in January, or what that holds? Are we just even struggling to gather the energy to think about diving back into our education? For others of us, it's parenting. I know for myself, with three young kids, my wife and I are going to have to have a talk. If school is not happening in January, what are we going to do? What's our contingency plans? How are we going to plan for the future? Others of us are just grieving over this Christmas season, the loss of a loved one,、uh, someone who is no longer with them in this season. For others of us, we're just struggling with our mental health, wondering how we'll get through these times, whether globally or in our personal life. These are tumultuous times, times of t- distress. Yet look at what the psalmist says in verse two. Therefore, we will not fear. Listen to the context. We will not fear, even though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. The psalmist is saying, "We therefore we will not fear." I read this and I think to myself, "How are you not supposed to fear?" I mean, fear is the natural instinct of my life in many ways. It may sound silly, and if you know us, we have owned many used cars, and we buy new old used cars because this is just the way of the Sri Darren family. And I remember one time driving on the 401, and I heard this boom, and I thought my car was on fire. It's actually the coolant tank had just exploded, and steam had flooded into the car, driving at like 90 kilometers an hour on the 401. And my immediate reaction was fear. I pulled over to the side of the road. Just didn't want to get hit. Even at the side of the road on the 401, you never quite feel safe or secure. And and there I was thinking to myself, I don't want to be hit by a car. I'm fearful. Oh, our car is ruined. Where are we going to find the money to buy a new car? We have to do all these things. And in that moment, my heart isn't at peace. My heart isn't at rest. I'm fearful. I'm anxious, and I'm worried. When I hear the words of those psalmists, it's amazing to think that the psalmist can declare, "Therefore, we will not fear, even though the world is falling apart." And the reason the psalmist can say that is because of verse one. Look at who our God is, in verse one. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. In verse seven of this. Scriptures. We see that Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. 
The psalmist ends with the exact same line in verse 11. The God, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And if you would think about what this means to the Israelites of that time, as they would have sung these songs of worship in the temple in the city of Jerusalem, Jerusalem itself with its walls, the temple itself as like a spiritual home or heritage was their safe place. It was their refuge. It was their sanctuary. It was their fortress. And it was the place where God's presence resided with them. To the Israelites singing this song and worshiping their God, they would have seen a world around them that was falling apart. They would have recognized the Philistines the Philistines to the west, they would recognize the Edomites to the southeast, the Amalekites and all the other nations that would have pressed in against them, let alone the major countries, the major powers like the Egyptians, the Babylonians, and the Assyrians. Yet in the midst of this, they are able to say, we will not fear. Why? Because God is our refuge, God is our fortress, and God is our strength. They don't fear, not because they have the strength within them, but because they know who God is. And this is really important. Our ability to not fear doesn't come from some sort of meditation practice or, or, or thinking our way through something systematically. It comes from knowing who God is. And who is, how is God described in these texts? Let's look at verse 8 and 9. Come and see what the Lord has done the desolations he has brought on this earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Hmm. In this little moment, the psalmist is reminding the Israelites of what? Look at what God has done for you in the past, and look what he's capable of. Every war in this world, every moment of violence, he is able to stop like that. This is not a God who is distant and far away. This is a God who is present and real and is over everything. Amen? That is why the psalmist can cry out in verse 10, telling us to basically declare, be still and know that he is God. We... It's, it's even as I was just thinking through this sermon, how often in life do we fear, do we worry, but how often do we just stop and reflect back upon all the goodness that God has done for us in our life? Just think about all those times when my car fails on the 401. My instinct is, Lord, how are you going to, or how am I going to? How often do I stop and say, God, you've always been there. Sometimes it took me years to see it. Sometimes I didn't feel your presence in that moment, but you were there and you were real, and you've always provided. Though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the sea, God, you are there, you are present, and you are always pursuing and loving us. That's why in these moments we can stop and simply declare, be still and know that he is our God, that he will be exalted among the nations, and he will be exalted in the earth. If you think about that verse, be still and know that I am God, 
It is such a famous, it's such a famous verse for those who know the Bible. Just go and Google it right now if you're at home and you'll see all these images and prints that you can print out and buy and purchase and stick on your wall. And it's always a tranquil scene in the background. Actually, someone at church even sent me a card this week and it was exactly this verse on the card. This is, be still and know that I am God. Either the backdrop of stars or the backdrop of beautiful water. You think of the context of the Israelites. They would be declaring this in the midst of war, trouble, persecution, and enemies pressing in against them. I don't think this would be a good card to send someone for Christmas, but this is probably how it actually looks. Lord, in the midst of violence, in the midst of trauma, in the midst of riots, in the midst of loneliness and depression and pain and turmoil, we as God's people can say this. Be still and know that he is God. Amen. Now some of you may be asking the question, how, how on earth does this connect to prayer? And I think as we move into these next four uh, worship gatherings centered as we explore prayer and move into the new year, it begins, prayer begins not with us, but with knowing who God is, right? An atheist who doesn't believe in God, if they have a moment where they, they cry out in prayer, it, it doesn't matter because they don't even believe that there's a God out there. For someone who believes, and for many people in our society, they believe, eh, there's probably maybe a God out there, but the God seems a little distant and doesn't interact with our personal life. We call this deism. Here's, here's one of the realities. When they cry out and pray, they don't really expect God to interact with their in that moment of their life. They believe maybe there's a God out there, but how does God work in that moment? And so their prayers are kind of not, not, not genuine in that sense, but they don't really expect a God to be able to do something about their day to day. Yet, for us Christians, and the story, the God that we see unpacked in Scripture, we see a God who's transcendent, who's over all, who created this world, who created humankind in his image, and is over all. He can make all wars cease, yet he's also imminent. He's here with us. That's the beauty of Christmas. It's Emmanuel Christ with us. Our, our God cares about our personal life. He cares about our struggles at school. He cares about our, the grief or the pain or the lack of peace we're experiencing in our life or our work, the struggles we have with our kids or our family. So as we move into this, into this time of this series on prayer, we just recognize the importance of pausing allows us to acknowledge God, to understand ourselves, and see what he has called us to. And it all begins by, by knowing who our God is. So how does this apply to our lives? How do we move forward with this? Well, I think we begin by pausing and acknowledging who God is. When, I, when we come in prayer and come before our God, we just need to stop and spend those moments just acknowledging who he is. I think a great exercise when we come before our God is acknowledging who we know he is from Scripture. Open up these psalms. And that's why, we be, that's why our worship services that Pastor Andrew even just prayed for us 
often we use psalms because they're great declarations of praise. They allow us to acknowledge and understand who our God is and praise him for who he is. We see he, that he's all-powerful, that he's sovereign. And here's the reality. In COVID, with change after change, and kids at home, and kids online, and kids in hybrid situations, and nothing is predictable. Everything changes every four weeks. You know what hasn't changed? God. And you know what? He's never been caught off guard by a single change in this entire time. So when we pause to acknowledge who he is, we just stop. And this leads us to praise. This leads us to praise and prayer. This allows us to sing and worship our God. This allows us to read the scriptures with joy because our God is unchanging. and He is always with us. To pause is to acknowledge God. As you go into your week, I just want to encourage you to continue to slow down and just acknowledge him. I think one of the practices I've learned from other people is just as you go through your day, just take a moment every hour, every half hour, and just say, God, thank you for this. I see your presence here. Thank you for that little gift of a conversation. Thank you for that little gift that you gave me through that friend over this Christmas season. Thank you for uh, that time in Scripture, those, those two minutes of the last 58 minutes, my baby wasn't crying. To pause is to acknowledge who God is. Secondly, as we pause and acknowledge God, it helps us better understand ourselves. When we actually slow down, this is like one of the hardest things to do, we actually better understand who we are and how God has created us. When we slow down, it exposes our fears. It unmasks our worries. And one of the realities is when we slow down, everything that we don't want to acknowledge comes to the surface. Our fatigue, how we're actually doing, sometimes our anger, our bitterness. The reality is often we keep ourselves busy. We go from hanging out with this friend to that friend, doing this activity, that activity, keeping ourselves busy with schools, watching something on TV by working on our, while working on our schoolwork so we never have to actually slow down and feel what we're feeling and experience what's going on within our soul. And that's really dangerous because we weren't designed for this. We were designed to slow down and when we pause and acknowledge who God is, we, we get this glimpse and a greater understanding of who we are as his created beings. I think this is key. God created us, yet he created us in his image, right? So we reflect, and we were created to glorify him. And so to understand him is to better understand who we are. As we understand who God is, we better under, understand ourselves as his created image, and we slow down through journaling or through prayer or praying with others in community, we better understand ourselves as people created in God's image. And we need to know him as our creator in order to understand ourselves as the created image bearers of God. This is really important in prayer. Our society has this, well, I'll call it a fake gospel 
they, we, our society loves introspection. We believe that, you know, deep down within ourselves, there's truth there to be found. If we just slow down and reach within our hearts and look within ourselves, we will find our true selves and we will live our real lives. Yet here's what Scripture says. God created us for good. He created us in his image. Yet when we look to him, we actually better understand ourselves. See, when we look to a good God who created us in his image, we understand what we were created for and what we are called to. When we understand the story of Scripture and realize how sin has broken into this world and broken even our ability to understand ourselves, we stop digging within ourselves as much as we turn to our God and ask him to help us understand ourselves better. See, when we move into prayer, it has to begin with God because it's so dangerous just to look within our own hearts. We need to look to him first. We need to look to his story in scripture and let that shape our understanding of ourselves. If you want to be your true self, begin by understanding who God is and how he has created you and what he has called you to. And as we spend time just better understanding ourselves, I just want to encourage you with a few different practices. I think journaling has become one of my favorite things. And sometimes my brain is impatient and I don't like slowly writing down my words because my mind thinks way faster than I can write. So I've actually started using a computer over the last years just to journal as fast as my brain goes because if I actually, yeah, it, it helps me keep up with what's going on in my mind. Now others of you actually use a physical journal because it actually slows you down. It allows you to pause and go slower and reflect. Yet as we spend time asking God, God, what's going on in my heart? Why am I so bitter? Why am I so angry? What is frustrating me right now? God reveals to us who we are and calls us back to himself, whether, whether that's through needing to ask for forgiveness, confessing our sins, or just praising him for the gifts that he has given us. To pause is to acknowledge God, is to understand ourselves. And finally, to see what we are called to. You see, when we pause in prayer, as, as we acknowledge God, as we better understand ourselves, we also begin to hear the call that he's put upon us. And for everyone at home and for those who are here, God has a call and a purpose and a plan for you. And it's different than the plan he has for other people. But when we slow down in prayer, we understand what that call is. I've seen this in my own life, especially through intercessory prayer. When I spend time praying for other people, and I ask God, and some of this is you know, relatives and family who don't follow Jesus. Some of these is like people in my small group or people in my community, friends and family, uh, friends from high school, friends from university who don't know Jesus. As I spend time praying for them and just pausing, you know what? God gives me words, God speaks to us, God grows the passion within our hearts. You know, all of a sudden in prayer, as you spend time in prayer, as you pause, your heart grows for the Muslim world and, and sharing the gospel there. Your heart grows for your neighbors and you pray and, 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 you, and you cry out to them and then you, then you go out, then you become a sent person and you go and you serve and you call them toward Christ. When we pray for others, we hear God's call for us and what he is calling us into and how we are meant to be a sent people uh, to others. 
For some of us, as we pray and we pause, he opens up our hearts and he gives us that peace that we need to continue to serve and minister in a difficult time. For others of us, what we need in that moment is just tears to go through grief, to mourn, to weep, and to allow God to work in us and move us through the grief process and closer to him. And as we pause and ask him what he is calling us into, for some of us, we're just going to hear that whisper. You know, quit your job. Take that risk. Give more than you thought you could give. Trust him for big things. And that's the beauty of pausing in prayer. Because so often we don't give God the space to speak or give ourselves the opportunity to hear him already speaking to us. To pause is to acknowledge God, to understand ourselves and see what we are called to. And what this will do is call us back to worship. When we acknowledge him, understand ourselves and see what we are called to, we will be a sent people who go into this world and preach Christ crucified, who call others, hey, listen, this Jesus who has transformed my life can transform your life as well. Look at how he's changed me. Look at how he's working in me as a broken vessel. He loves you, and he's calling you to himself as well. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more on us as a church and ways to connect, please visit us online at firstalliancechurch.org.